The Lord be with you. Jesus says to his disciples that the Father will send them another advocate to be with them forever. And to help us think about what that might mean to have an advocate, I wanted to tell you today about my mother's biggest advocate, her grandmother, who was my great-grandmother. Her name was Fanny Ireta Alas. And that's her on the left there. Now, Fanny was born in Mexico in the year 1910. She was born on a hacienda to a well-to-do family. But if you know anything about Mexican history, 1910 is also the year the Mexican Revolution started, a series of decades-long civil wars, in large part caused by resentment against well-to-do land-owning families like that of Fanny. Fortunately, Fanny's father, through a combination of values that were in line with the spirit of the times and political savvy, managed to make sure his family weathered that revolution. So much so that when my grandfather, there on the right, a man by the name of Felix Ireta Viveros, so much so that when he, who was a successful general in the Mexican Revolution, right, rising on the side of the people who were throwing off the shackles of these landowners, when he needed a bride, the perfect bride for him was my grandma Fanny. And the reason was because Fanny was everything that Felix was not. Fanny was well-educated. Felix barely completed sixth grade. Fanny came from a distinguished European lineage. Felix was an indigenous peasant from the mountains. Fanny was 20 years old. Felix was 42. Yeah. (laughs) Felix had power, but Fanny gave him legitimacy. Now, as you can imagine, this two couple... uh, Their relationship, it was not a close one, right? Theirs was not a marriage of of soulmates. But their marriage was a productive one. They had five children, four sons, one daughter. That one daughter, her name is Artemisa, and she is my grandma. Now, let's be clear. All five of Felix's children took after him, but I like to think my grandma took after him the most. Had my grandma been born a man, I have no doubt that she would have ended up as a general. But because she was born a woman, she ended up as a firebrand. And so, despite the fact that of those siblings, she was the first to have a child, my mother Patricia, Artemisa always had too much of her father's revolutionary spirit in her to be the one to stay home and take care of a child. And so that responsibility fell to my mom's grandma, to Fanny. And I will say, in, in many ways, my mom was, for Fanny, a blessing because Fanny was a woman surrounded by a world of men in a world that was particularly machismo, right? Men were the ones in charge in her day in Mexico. And at last, she had a girl to be with her. And at the same time, Fanny became my mom's advocate in every sense of that word. It was my 
great-grandmother who advocated that my mom take her education seriously. It was Fanny who made sure my mom enrolled in a good school. It was Fanny who read her report cards and signed off on her grades. It was my great-grandma, Fanny, who said to my mom, look, what you need to prioritize is not your hair and your makeup, but your studies, because that's what will take you far in life. But for Fanny, Educación meant more than book knowledge. It meant how you treat people. And so Fanny taught my mom that when you go over to someone's house, you don't go empty-handed, you bring them a gift. And, and when someone comes to your house and they stay with you, well, when they leave, you walk them to the door. Fanny taught my mom that you always take care of people who have less than you do. And that includes animals. My great-grandmother loved birds, and she always had German shepherds. And my mom remembers seeing her grandma one day in an elegant dress and their compound standing by the wall next to the garden throwing pork bones over the wall. And my mom said, what are you doing? And Fanny said, well, the neighbors, they just don't treat their dogs properly, and so I'm going to make sure those dogs get the love they need. This is who Fanny was for my mom. She was an advocate, and, and while Fanny didn't teach my mom a lot of the practical life skills that maybe we associate with mothers, right? Fanny never taught my mom how to cook or how to sew. They always had people to do that for them. But Fanny taught my mom one very important life skill, which is that you invite people into your life. Every single day, my mom says, Fanny would ask her, well, who should we invite over today? Or if they were going to go out, Fanny would say, well, who should we invite to go out with us? Because you see, Fanny, her husband had more important things to do than be with her. And her children were fast following in their father's footsteps. And so Fanny realized that if she didn't want to be alone, she had to be proactive in inviting people to be in her life. That if the party had left her, well, she would just invite more people and make a new party. Jesus says that the Father will send us an advocate. And when we hear that word advocate, maybe we think of a few different things. Maybe we think of an advocate like a lawyer in a court of law and that the Holy Spirit is the advocate who when the world throws accusations of sin at our face, it's the Holy Spirit who speaks up to defend us. Or maybe we think of an advocate like a coach, the one who encourages us to be the best person that we can be. And indeed, the Holy Spirit is both of these things. But the word that Jesus uses to say that the Holy Spirit is an advocate, in Greek, that word is paraclete. It's not super important you remember that word, paraclete, but it means literally one who is called alongside. One who is called alongside. And yes, right, uh, it's a term that in ancient Athens was used to describe lawyers. But in the context that Jesus is describing the Holy Spirit as a paraclete, Jesus is telling his disciples that he is about to leave them. He is about to be killed. He is about to die, be buried, and then be raised from the dead and ascend into heaven. And Jesus is promising them that when he does this, God will send them another advocate, another person to be called alongside them so that they will not be left orphaned. That's what Jesus says this advocate is for. He says, I will not leave you orphaned. 
And certainly, Fanny for my mom, and a moment in her life when her mom and her dad couldn't be there for her, Fanny was that advocate who made sure that my mom wasn't orphaned. But Jesus also says, soon the world will not be able to see me, but you will see me. And indeed, there came a time when my mom couldn't see Fanny anymore because when my mom went off to college, she moved from Mexico one and a half thousand miles to the United States, and she attended college in Albuquerque, New Mexico, and on many levels that move was a blessing, right? My grandma, Artemisa, had remarried an American, and so my mom got to be with her mom. And there at that university, my mom met my dad, which I'm super thrilled about, yeah. But it was also hard for my mom on many levels, right? She had to leave behind all her friends in Mexico. She had to leave behind her culture. And most of all, she had to leave behind her advocate. She had to leave behind Fanny. But Jesus says to his disciples, even though the world doesn't see me, you will see me. And he promises that this advocate he sends, he says, it is the spirit of truth which means it's Jesus' spirit because Jesus has just told the disciples that he is the truth. And so he's saying that the Father will send the disciples his spirit who will abide with them and be in them. He tells his disciples that because he lives, they will live also. He says that on the day that you know the Holy Spirit, you will know that I am in the Father and that you are in me and that I am in you. Now, look, I have no memory of meeting my great-grandmother. There is a picture of me as a baby with her. But I have seen my great-grandmother so many times. I have seen her alive in my mother. I have seen her passion for education when my mom worked night and day as a single mother to get her master's degree. I see Fanny in my mom as my mom continually demonstrates to me and tells me to be a good guest and a gracious host. I see Fanny in my mom every time my mom stops and notices the birds flying by. I see Fanny in my mom in the series of German shepherds that she's had throughout her life. I see Fanny in the German shepherd that I have today. But most of all, I have seen Fanny in my mom in the ways in which my mom has this incredible ability to turn a crowd of strangers into a party. She has this way of inviting people into her life and making them feel loved. But here's the thing. My mom, 30 years ago, a little over 30 years ago, finally died. And that was a big loss to my mom. But even then... My mom still sees Fanny. My mom, when she's feeling lonely or worried, she'll pray to Fanny. And not prayers like she prays to Jesus, right? She doesn't pray to Fanny for health or safety or salvation, none of that. She knows Jesus has got that covered. She prays to Fanny in the same way that you might pick up a phone and call your grandma to check in, right? She calls the one who is called alongside her, and she says, hey, I miss you. I wish you were here with me. What would you do in this situation? And inevitably, when my mom is talking to her grandma, she sees things that convince her her grandma is there with her still. So she likes to tell the story of 
when she was praying to my grandma, she had been feeling lonely, wasn't sure what to do, and she was praying to my grandma in all places while shopping at TJ Maxx. That's my mom. And my mom, as she was having this conversation, she looked over and she saw completely out of place a single plate. And it was a plate of china with a red pattern that was the exact pattern my great-grandma had that she would serve dinner on. And, and in that moment, my mom knew, you know what I need to do in this moment? I'm feeling lonely. I need to invite people over for dinner. I know that Fanny is with me, and I know that's what she would tell me to do. Or one, she had tried moving back to Mexico because she thought, well, you know, I'll, I'll be closer to my heritage. I can connect with my roots like my grandma And yet she realized she had changed so much in the years that she had been up in the U.S., and so had Mexico, and she felt like she didn't fit in, and she wasn't sure what she should do. She once again prayed and said, Fanny, what would you have me do? And in that moment, she said, a flock of birds just fluttered up right in front of her face. Birds like the kind Fanny used to love. And she said in that moment, she realized, well, it didn't matter where she was, because Fanny would always be with her. And in those moments, my mom knows that she is not orphaned. That the spirit of that advocate abides with her and in her, teaching her the lessons she taught her in life to invite people in her life and to love them. Now, my mom has told me these stories basically my whole life, and, you know, I'm never quite sure what to make of them. But as I was reading the scriptures today, I realized, you know, Jesus tells his disciples... If you do my commandments, I will love you. That's a promise he's making his disciples for after he's dead. That after he is dead, when his disciples follow his commandments, well, he will love them because he is alive and he is with them still. And, and I realize in First Peter today, we hear this promise that we have in baptism an appeal for good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus. To say when we're doing Jesus' good works, as he commanded, we know that he's with us, but sometimes we don't always do those things Jesus has commanded us to do. But Jesus is still with us, and he gives us something tangible. He gives us water, which we need every single day, as a promise that he is with us still, even when we're not quite getting right what he intended. And I've had the privilege in my own life to get to know many women who have been strong advocates for me. And recently, the one I've been thinking about the most is Cindy Stewart. We've got a picture of her here. She's the one in the middle. Now, Cindy was a member here at Faith Lutheran for many years. Um, And when I would post pictures on Facebook of my wife and I hiking, she would always get really angry. And the reason why is because in all those pictures I would took, took, my wife is always wearing a backpack, but in the pictures I posted of myself hiking, I was never wearing a backpack. And Cindy would say, Ben, that's not right. You need to carry your wife's load. And I would try to explain to her, no, Cindy, it's just because I love taking pictures of my beautiful wife. Constantly, I'm snapping pictures of her so much so that she gets tired of it and she doesn't want to take off her backpack because it's not worth posing. I'll just take another one. But when she takes a picture of me, it is so rare that you better believe I am posing, I'm fixing my hair, straightening my collar, and I take off my backpack, so it just looks like I don't wear a backpack on our hikes. She wasn't having it. She says, you need to treat your wife better, Ben. 
The world hasn't seen Cindy for five months now. But I see Cindy. I see Cindy every time our family goes on a hike together and I see my wife start putting on a backpack. And I hear Cindy say to me, Ben, you got to carry your wife's load. And so I find myself saying, honey, you know, why don't I carry that instead? Jesus, he gives us this promise that he won't leave us orphaned, that he will send his spirit to be with us, to be in us. And he tells us that he is in the Father and we are in him and that he is in us, which means Cindy is in Jesus. It means Fanny is in Jesus. It means Jesus is in my mom and Jesus is in me which means that Fanny is in my mom, which means Cindy is in me. And when we do the things that they advocated for us to do in our life, well, sure, we know that, it's obvious, but sometimes we forget. And so we are given these tangible reminders, be it the waters of baptism, that Jesus is with us and surrounds us, be it a plate of china or a flock of birds, or be it a backpack, we know that we have not been left orphaned. First Peter tells us to always be ready to make a defense if someone asks for an accounting of the hope that is within us. So here is my accounting of my hope this day. I have hope that Jesus lives, that he has conquered death and sends to us an advocate, a spirit, so that we may never be orphaned. I have this hope because I have seen the spirits of the advocates that he has sent. I see those spirits in my own life, and I see those spirits in the reminders that Jesus has given me every single day. And so I know that because he lives, they live also. And so with all the saints, I say, Alleluia, Christ is risen. Christ is risen Alleluia. Amen.